Is there any, anything you want to add other than the obvious, Lise? gentlemen this is puck puck pass and these are your hosts the hockey know-it-alls kj and zach mack what is up everybody welcome to another episode of puck puck pass as always i'm your host kj joined by the always wonderful zach mack how are you doing tonight bud uh i am covid 19 free how are you doing uh same uh and we're actually we're we're so COVID-19 free that we're doing this podcast in front of no fans. And remotely. Uh, and, and remotely. But we didn't play in Florida, so I don't think we're used to this. <laughs> Especially, specifically South Florida. South Florida. I was, I, we literally just brought up the, talking about the Riley Smith thing, and I, I, threw, I think I threw a, a wrench in the plan there, but we should probably just talk about that. We're a Vegas podcast, if you forgot. Yeah, we can't talk about it because he pulled a funny. It was funny. I thought it was funny. Did you think it was funny? I thought it was great, and and I think your little uh, your article you wrote real quick about that was perfect. Uh, at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter, go find it there. But why don't you tell the listeners if they haven't heard already uh, why we love Riley Smith? Yes. we stand Riley Smith. <laughs> it was bound to come up eventually because they've been. Uh, well, if you haven't heard, by the time this comes out, news dropped today. March Madness is going to go on with no fans. Uh, present so i mean obviously as a fan you can still watch from the couch which by the way i'm not gonna go off on a tangent but it makes no sense everyone's gonna gather at bars anyways and touch each other as much as they, as much as they can anyway so but anyways they won't it won't be happening at the march madness game it'll be happening at local bars uh the question was bound to come up how players were going to react to it they've been circling the rumors have been circling on which teams will and won't in the nhl and they asked riley smith who said that he's used to it because of pregame shoot around and also decided to add in that he played a couple years in Florida where <laughs> no fans show up to the games. So he's pretty used to it. I actually forgot that he even played in Boston for a little bit because of this whole thing. But yeah, what what's great is he is now the second player in as many years to say something like that. Uh, Barkov, who still plays for the Panthers, made a mention of uh, more Finnish fans being at the uh NHL awards than Florida fans. I know. I mentioned the article. I appreciate Panthers taking this on the cheek over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do they deserve it? No. But it's still, still really damn funny. And the, the thing that we, I really hope we don't do is like the typical NHL overreact, like, oh, who is he to be taking? Like, they paid his salary at one point. Why is he taking shots at them? Like, it's just a joke. Like, he might he might be serious, but it's only because, like, he's become self-aware to the point where, like, everyone else has made this joke. I can just say it. Like, I lived it. But you know there's going to be people who are uber upset that some guy finally was funny in an interview. Yeah, I'm sure all seven Florida Panthers fans will get in a tirade about it. I mean... Jesus, dude, put the shovel down, man. They're already dead. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you wrote, yeah, Zach Mack wrote a pretty funny blog about that. So go, go check that out. The As of right now, the Sharks and the Blue Jackets 
are the the only teams with limited fan access to the games. But I believe every professional sports team in season right now announced that they're limiting or that they're not letting media into the locker room. Yeah. I believe that was the announcement last night. Okay. It sounds right. I mean, it seems like there's they keep posting these pictures of these 10-foot gaps between interviewers and interviewees. Uh, and I, yeah, I think you're right. As far as in locker room goes, no access press conferences. I think there's a big gap between the interviewer and interviewee for right now. Uh, I mean, as well, players got to love this, I'm, I'm sure as a whole, I mean, not, not the coronavirus, <laughs> obviously, but as a whole, I would think they hate getting bombarded by media day in and day out. This is a little bit of a break. Yeah, I would, I would think so too, especially, especially this sport of all. Of all things. And it's giving us what everyone really wanted, which was full body shots of William Nylander and Austin Matthews and whatever get up they're wearing that day. Yeah. You I, didn't want that. You don't have to lie. I saw well, I saw the Nylander one where he was like looking like he was at the beach. Yeah, he yeah, he had the short shorts on. Uh I saw one of Austin Matthews with like the, the gray sweatpants, white hoodie, mustache looking great. I'm glad I didn't see that it's a, one. It's a it's a good shot. Yeah. You'll see it. I might retweet it two or two or three more times. <laughs> uh, we have talk about a tangent. We have a packed show today. As far as we don't do a ton of recapping on this show, but I think we're going to do a little bit more of that as these game be- games become more important. Like we do a lot of talking about teams as a whole, but we have two games that were really important last night. And let's start in my neck of the woods. Philly hosted Boston, uh, and talk about. Talk about being good hosts. They let Boston walk all over them. 2 nothing Bruins. Uh, did you have a chance to watch that game? I did. I watched the front half of it, almost every second of the front half of it, and then I was uh, on an episode of What's Up, Belly Up for the second half. So, but I had it on right next to me, so that's kind of multitasking. Uh, my two cents, both goaltenders played great. It, it was a fun game to watch. It was very – Brass played great. Carter Hart played great. The second goal was not his fault. It was a tip off of his own guy's stick that he just couldn't read the direction of it. Um, uh, it was a fun defensive battle. I would have, I was hoping for more goals. I wanted to kind of see each team show off their offensive prowess against each other, but I wasn't upset with what we got. It was a fun game. Does that, does that game tell, and I agree. I, it was much more entertaining than I expected as someone who looks for reasons to dislike both of these teams. I mean, Flyers winning streak ending at nine is impressive in its own right. You look at these two teams, the Bruins are 44, 14 and 12 and the Flyers are 41, 27 or 21 and seven. Very, very close records and much closer than we would have thought. And if you tell me that Greslick and Bergeron were going to score the two goals, I figured it's because the Flyers dominated them the whole game. Like that's just, those just aren't the goal scores I expect. I mean, Jesus, Bergeron's got 31. Um, but Duke Rask, shut up. I mean, that's huge. We'll talk about – I want to talk about the Vezna in a little bit. Uh, does that game worry you at all about how the Flyers are going to match up against the league's very best? Yes, a little bit in the sense that I – that game after that game, it convinced me that Boston has – like Boston can lean on what they need to lean on to win games, and that's Tuka Rask first and foremost, and 
the you know Bergeron Marchand Pasternak trio. Bergeron scores his second goal, pretty much seals it because Philly can't score a goal. So I think the worry, my biggest worry for Philly, and the reason that I don't think they can go on a run, and probably the reason we've both had them getting bounced in the first round, regardless of where they finish in the regular season, is that they don't have that person that they can lean on offensively. I understand Carter Hart's been playing well recently, but as much as people want to bark about Kevin Hayes, I, you're not going to go to Kevin Hayes to, to win you back-to-back games. Boston has a whole line that they can turn to and be like, hey, win us these next two games. We need them. I don't think Philly has that. I think they showed that last night. So you're not you're not very high on connecting your Couturier? No. I would take Couturier out of the two, but no. I agree. I think a lot of people would would, would at least give Couturier the better look as far as between those two. But Konechny is having a good season. I I agree to an extent. I think the Flyers are the prototypical someone's going to get hot team. Like like you talk about the, the Bruins have an entire line, and that's perfect because it – Nine times out of ten, it's going to be clicking. But for some reason, the Flyers are able to, and I won't, I won't do the whole thing again. But right now in the regular season, there's always the chance that Giroux goes off, or Voracek goes off, or or we talked about Hayes, and Hayes seems to be more clutch than just about anybody on that team. But and then the Konechny's, Couturier's, and even James Van Reems like finds a clutch goal every once in a while. But you definitely can't lean on that going into the postseason. And you're you're right, they. They don't have the the go to guy. There's no, there's definitely no MVP type candidate on on that team as far as offense. So I th- I think that's going to hurt them. I don't think that's what hurt them last night. I think when you're that win streak is closing in on an even number, you know you're looking at ten straight against, you know, big time rival, a lot of people's best team in the league. They're leading their division, leading the conference. A lot was on the line for Philly in terms of how we look at them. But other than Pittsburgh winning, this loss I don't think really hurts them. I mean, they go from 9-0 and in their last 9 to 9-1 and in their last 10. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm looking, I'm looking at it now. Philly still – I brought this up a couple episodes when we had Luke on. Still allows the fewest shots on goal game. So that still surprises me. I, It's – it's wild that we're overlooking like all this talk we do about Philly and, and the stretch that they're on. Nobody's talking about Philly's def- nobody's talking about Philly's defense, and everybody's talking about Carter Hart. When I, if you break it down, and I know the, the difference is not huge, but he's facing the fewest shots on goal a game. It's it's not super easy to be good, but it's easier. To be yeah. Good. No, I, I agree, and I I don't know what their possession numbers look like. And you know maybe that takes some of the some of the pressure off the defense. I think it's hard to look at the Flyers as a good defensive team when most people look at the Flyers and are like, oh, that team with Ghost is bare on defense. The guy who was in the AHL a few weeks yeah. ago or a few days ago. I want I, maybe. What surprises you more? The fact that Philly has as many goals allowed as Pittsburgh, or that Tampa has less than both of them. Uh, it would be that Philly has the same as Pittsburgh has allowed the same as Pittsburgh. 
And I don't know what it is. I'm sure you're looking at the numbers right now. So one, they Pittsburgh and Philly have both given up 196. Tampa's given up 195. Tampa doesn't shock me only because they have the Vesna winner. But I would have thought... I, I, it's weird. I would have thought Philly had more than Pittsburgh, more goals allowed, and not because of their goaltending, but because of their defense. But I also, it's weird. Cause I never would have expected Tristan Jari to play as well as he's playing. Yeah, that's a that's a big part of it too. I mean, Pittsburgh's just got to find a way to stay in the win column. And they won last night while the Flyers lost, and the the Capitals are coming off a shootout, at least an overtime loss. I don't know if it was in the shootout, but I Philly is just making this really difficult to to deny how good they are. Washington, I'll keep denying. Yeah, Washington it. lost in a shootout. I I I'm, I'm still with you. I I'm not they they've got to win in the playoffs. We've seen this before. Not so much like they haven't maybe been this good in the regular season, but it, if this all just is to lose to Pittsburgh in the first round, then you weren't that good. You're still Philly. And guess what? Claude Drew and Jacob Voracek are closer to retirement. If they go out in the first round, Voracek's probably out. Yeah. It's, Oh man. I'm just so glad I am as much as it sucks being a Red Wings fan because we're so bad right now. I'm so glad I'm not a Flyers fan. There's just, it's feel it's a feeling of limbo right now. I would hate it. I can. Agree. I wouldn't hate it. I. Just, I, I mean, I'm just so glad I'm not a, a Flyers. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. I mean, you can stop. You can stop right there, and it makes sense. Uh, the other important game last night, uh, not so much in the standings, if I'm being completely honest, because the gap is still 11 points. Uh, but Toronto beat Tampa again last night. First thing that pops in your mind when you see Toronto beat Tampa. I what is go I don't understand Toronto. That's the first thing that pops in my mind. Who do you understand more? I understand Tampa, but as a team more than I understand Toronto. I I didn't get to I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch this game. I was like I said, I was watching the other game, I was podcasting and then I turned the Isles Nucks game on later. But did did you see any part of this game? I saw a decent amount of this game and nothing told nothing about this game told me much about either team but Toronto winning these games man something's brewing I'm no pun intended but something is happening with Toronto I dare I say they're figuring their shit out at least against good teams yeah it's I mean it's it's tough to deny Obviously, you beat Tampa early in the season. You're kind of like, yeah, well, you just beat Tampa. I mean, now at this point, Tampa's a much better team. Toronto wins this game. It's, I mean, they got to the point where they were pretty far ahead of Florida as far as playoff standings go. And then they slipped up. Florida was catching them a little bit. It's a big two points for Toronto. I There's there's no – you can't spin it any other way. I, I just don't – I feel like – what's their schedule look like? They played Toronto and then – or, I mean, Tampa – See, look at they got Nashville next. They'll probably lose. They'll probably lose to Nashville. I would almost book it. I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I just don't see that happening. I, and 
I mean, if anyone was going to pull some shit like that, yes, it would be Toronto for sure. Like their last three games, one nothing, two to one, two to one. Like that's just, that's just not Toronto to me. I just don't get it. Well, we're about to find out a lot about them because this next. I mean, they're not going through a gauntlet because, like you said, they play the Predators tomorrow as we record this podcast. Bruins over the weekend, Devils St. Patrick's Day, so they give it a little bit of a break. Islanders, which is always interesting. Blue Jackets, Panthers, Lightning, Canes, break against the Senators, and then the Capitals to finish off March, and the Red Wings. And I mean, can you imagine the the Leafs season might come down to a game against the Red Wings? <laughs> yeah, thank God for the Leafs. They finished against the Wings and the Canadians. God, that's just a cakewalk. But that Bruins—that's your team. That Bruins game. Uh, you mentioned this Saturday. It's, that's their last matchup against each other this regular season. So that's the last time they get to see each other before the playoffs if they're going to meet in the playoffs. Whew, that uh, that one could get spicy. That's Saturday, Saturday night. That's for sure going to be the game to watch Saturday night. For sure. Dude, I think Toronto's going to win the Cup. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think they're... I think games like last night, though, against, against Tampa, when they... They don't it wasn't like they got pushed around and scored a couple cheeky goals. They they beat Tampa and you know they looked pretty good doing it. I it, it please let's stop with the fucking emergency backup goalie stuff. Like it, and now it's now it's annoying. Now I'm annoyed that Tampa's the team that lost to the team that lost to a backup. Yeah. Goalie. Like like Toronto's looking better. Guys like you know, people were talking about last night being William Nylander's best game of the season. Which is probably the grit community, if I had to guess. But I saw that take a couple places. The the pressure is getting less and less as far as what you see on, on social media and the way team... I, I, every time they beat a team like Tampa, which admittedly hasn't been off in this season, you start to get that that feeling like, oh man, like, could they could they do this? Could they at least win a round? If they're going to advance past the first round, it's going to be this year. And I think they're going to do it. I'd like to see them do it just so we can stop seeing the, the stuff. And it's the same thing as an emergency backup goalie. You're exactly right because I've seen it. I saw it a couple times today. It's 100% on board with you. I am sick of it. It, it should literally at this point – We've made the joke. We've made it a hundred times. We've laughed a hundred times. We don't need to laugh a hundred first time. It should only from now on be brought up when the Leafs play the Canes. I don't need to hear it anymore. Bring it up. Spark yeah, my yeah, nostalgia I'm, I'm when they play each other. But that's it. Like I. Yeah. Uh, what do, What do you think about? The, do you think they're going to win if they make the playoffs and they play Tampa in the first round? What percentage chance do you get them to get out of that series? If they wait, say that again. If they play Tampa, if they make uh-huh. the playoffs and they play Tampa in the first round, what percentage chance do you give them to get out of that round? Man, I give them a forty percent chance. I'm gonna give a slight, slight advantage to Tampa. That's just where I'm at at the moment, just because Toronto confuses me. They're like. Yeah. Toronto and Edmonton are very similar to me in that they could both make a run and I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. Like this was 
they've been they've been struggling for a while and they finally figured it out. But they could also get bounced in the first round. I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. Like <laughs> they're just not there yet. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're not there yet, though, like if they get if they get trounced in the first round. I mean, I don't know what sort of package Arizona can put together, but they're getting Austin Matthews. He <laughs> really, especially after his comments the other. Did you see his social media no. comments about social media? He's like, yeah, like Mitch Marner. I guess deleted his social. media. Oh yeah, where he said he like they try to stay but, off of it. He's like, yeah, when you know when times get tough, you try to you know stay off social media in times like this. And then you look at the comments to that tweet that a reporter was just quoting Austin Matthews. You're like, this is disgusting. Like every fan base has bad apples, but. There are probably more Toronto fans on Twitter than any other fan base, if I had to guess. And a vast majority of them are vocal assholes. Toronto media? Is that? Toronto Toronto fans. fans. As far as Twitter users. Not all Toronto fans are assholes. It's not like... I don't bank on a Toronto fan being a douchebag the same way I count on a Boston fan being a prick. Okay, that's fair. I see I for as far as Toronto fans go, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Toronto fans because I feel like a lot of teams, other teams fans hate Toronto. Like and I was one of those people growing up. Like I had I had a couple of Toronto fans growing up. Like I played hockey with. Drove me crazy. Drove me and still to this day I don't know why. Like <laughs> I sometimes think about it and I'm like, why didn't I just tell them that their team sucks? Like they were good, but they never accomplished anything. I was too young to understand that. But I, yeah, I don't. I, I feel like a lot of people hate Toronto, and I, but and I also, I, to your point, I feel like a lot of people hate Boston. But I feel like that's deserved. That is, yeah, that is deserved. I well, and that kind of goes to my point. People hate the Patriots because they're the Patriots and they've dominated the the NFL. People hate the Cowboys because of the Cowboys and their fathers before them hated the Cowboys and their grandparents hated the Cowboys. Like, because history tells you to hate these teams, people will go on Facebook having no idea anything about Toronto other than Austin Matthews. And they're like, look how stupid that mustache is. I, I'm the authority on facial hair and I hate the Maple Leafs because of that mustache. That's, I mean, that's really what's happening on, on NHL Facebook if you haven't been on. <laughs> but, but it was a good it was it was a good win for Toronto last night. I think it gives them some confidence going into what is hopefully the postseason. They gotta they gotta play well, but you know, I don't count on the Panthers doing all that much. If Toronto stays five hundred, you know, maybe a game or two over for the rest, you know, plays five hundred hockey for the rest of the season. I think they're at least in the playoffs. They got one more game against both Boston and Tampa. So a lot to a lot to look forward to. The last matchup that I have on my list is TSN versus Taylor Hall. But did you want to talk Canucks Islanders before we get to that? Sure. I all right, so I mentioned to you earlier, I threw this game on last night. Girlfriend went to bed early. It was exciting. It was it was not what I expected. We talked about Tampa Toronto was two to one. That's kind of more what I expected out of this game. It was four to four. Went to OT. Um, I can't. Yeah, it did. It finished in OT. The Canucks won. 
I don't. I can't even. The Canucks yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Canucks won in a shootout. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was. Yeah. Okay. So the first shot, I think they scored, and that was it. Um. For as far as shootout, but it was a fun game. It was Besters for game back, which is why I was so eager to watch it. Otherwise, I probably just would have gone to bed. But um, it was weird. It was not. It was not what I expected. Obviously, like I said, but the Islanders didn't look. Vancouver to me looked more hungry than the Islanders did. And that's why I turned it on. I wanted to see who was going to be more desperate. Both teams were the first team out in each conference. It was almost our our game to watch yesterday, but it was just, it was a fun game to watch. It was a different side of both teams that I don't think we see a lot during the season. And I don't, I, it was probably pretty late for you. You're on the East coast. Did you catch any of that game? I didn't No, I, I, I went to bed pretty early last night, actually. I think uh, I was ready to tune into Carolina and Detroit, but I felt <laughs> I was, I've given up. They asked me on the episode yesterday. They said, "How often are you watching Detroit?" And I was like, "Honestly, KJ will test this. I watched them for too long this season. I couldn't." But I've given up at this point. I'm watching playoff push games now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen, it, it, just going off the box score. In hearing you talk about it, it this is this seems like the Islanders were forced to play what Van, the way Vancouver wanted them to play, and Vancouver came away with the win. I think that's closer than they wanted it to be, obviously. But five to four is not the typical Vancouver New York Islanders game. Not that there's a lot of historical matchups between these two, but just what we know this season from these two teams, that's not what we're used to seeing. I think the Islanders being able to score four goals, I had a lot to do with Thatcher Demko being in goal instead of Markstrom for Vancouver. But I was still like, I, I don't know. It was very, it was very weird to see Vancouver just scoring. As like all I can think of is like, what is going through Barry Trotz has got to be kicking himself. I don't know. Yeah, I, and the weird thing is. <laughs> This yes, this game mattered. I mean, it it keeps Vancouver in that two seed for the the wild card. At least the Islanders got a point to stay within one of the wild card on their side. But it's not one of those games where you know you learn anything. If that makes sense, you know we're not we're not sitting there be like, oh wow, you know. I, I get what you're saying about the fl- the Islanders being able to score four goals, keep it competitive get to a shootout, get that extra point or get that, you know, one point, which is still so stupid, but that's how it works. What's alarming to me is looking at the Islanders and seeing a negative goal differential for a team that is built around Barry Trotz's defense first system. That's just, that's not good. And giving up five last night to a team that has been struggling over the past few weeks, struggling mightily, might I add. Uh, Yeah, they're good at home, but it's tough to see them give up five. I mean, if they're giving up five to Vancouver, imagine what they'll give up against Boston right. or Washington. I mean, it's – it's. hey, this is impromptu. I'm grabbing the shovel. Digging. We're burying the Islanders mid at mid. I love it. I was almost about to do it. I was just about to say, if you do make the playoffs, you're not playing backup goalies in the playoffs. Like, that, this Thatcher Demko, like, you're not playing against him in the playoffs. I'm so glad you buried him. I think they're done too. 
Yeah, it's just there's there's nothing nothing about this team says playoff ready. Uh, two, I don't want to say two three weeks ago, but around New Year All Star break time, this was one of the defensive powers that I was worried about making it deep in the in the playoffs because. You know, we've talked about my hope for an offensively dominated playoff run from whoever it is. It's definitely not going to be the Islanders. And I'd put money on the Rangers or the Panthers making the playoffs over the Islanders. But I don't, I don't think any of those teams are going to are going to catch up. But for sure, we're burying the Islanders right now. Good, good. That's I, that's to, that's 100 percent. A month and a half ago, I would have taken the Islanders over the Flyers. And today, where we sit here, we sit here now remotely. And in front of no fans, and I tell you, I would take the Flyers over the Islanders in the playoffs. Yeah. Even, yeah. Speaking of no fans and the Islanders, uh, I think they're going back to the Coliseum next year. I keep seeing, like, they're playing in Long Island or on Long Island, sorry. (laughs) Playing in Brooklyn, playing on Long Island. That team is going to be bad. Especially if Barzal actually wants out. I don't know how legit that is. We were talking about trusting Elliot Friedman. If he wants out, that team's screwed. And Trotz is gone. No way he sticks around for a team like that. Not when Dallas needs a long-term coach. That's true. That's just... Hey, hey, and we saw it. Trotz is not afraid to move around. No, he's not. He's not afraid to turn down a good chunk of change either. So... What I want to talk about was a graphic that came out uh, from TSN, Canadian Sports Network. I think it's called The Sports Network, if I had to guess. I don't live in Canada, so I don't really care. Uh, I hate that. I'm trying to find. Okay. TSN tweets uh, dot, dot, dot with a uh, kind of upset looking emoji. And they show the Devils before the Taylor Hall trade 10, 17, and 5, and the Coyotes were 19, 12, and 4. After or since that trade, the Devils are 18, 11, and 7, and the Coyotes are 14, 6, and 4. That's all the tweet was. I, I don't want to say irresponsible because it's not that big of a deal. But what a bullshit tweet. You wonder, we wonder why Taylor Hall hates the Canadian media. This is the type of shit that drives players crazy. And fans were quick to, like, the replies are full of people who are aware that Mackenzie Blackwood has been lights out the majority of the time since Taylor Hall has been traded. And Darcy Kemper got hurt three days after he played. uh, He got hurt December 19th and came back February 25th and has been playing Pretty well, 923, 947, 912, 909. Since then, I just, I don't get it. What, why, who who sends that tweet out? Like somebody with a vendetta against Taylor Hall or someone who just thinks, man, this is going to generate some. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, why you put that? Like, you obviously, they're TSN. They know what's, everything you just said, they know. They know Blackwood's been playing well. They know Kemper was hurt. They know this stuff. They leave it out. It's got to be one of those two reasons. Either they hate Taylor Hall or they're just trying to generate clicks or replies, which they got a ton of. But 
it, it, it's this kind of these are the kind of things. This is what I think of when we can't get new fans into hockey is because they see this like quick graphics like this. This is what grabs new people's attention. They see this and then they see the replies full of this is BS, blah blah blah, blah. and they're like, why? Well, this is why I can't get into this shit. I, maybe I don't know, but it's just like that. No, you. That's a go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's that drives point. me crazy. Like, why? Just give the full story, or don't try to pin it on Taylor Hall. Yeah, you're right because when a new a new fan or somebody that's you know starting to follow hockey on Twitter a little bit more, there is no NHL LeBron James in the sense of celebrity. Any new fan or someone who doesn't care about basketball can scroll down Twitter and see a, you know, Lakers while LeBron is out and it'll say, you know, 10 and 2. Nobody in their right mind is going to say, well, looks like the Lakers are better without LeBron. But they, they, they see a graphic like that and say, oh, wow, why are they focusing on a guy who's clearly uh, the problem with you know, the team, he was the problem when he got traded, and now he's the problem in the place he got traded to. And then they scroll down and be like, oh, no, the sports network just has no fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah. Frustrating. Especially if you're Canadian. Like, this is where you go, Sportsnet or TSN. It's frustrating. And it's it's it kind of goes back to a little bit to what I was saying with Riley Smith. Like, the predatory way we look at some of these players, regardless of – if they're superstars, former MVPs or a fourth liner. Like we put so many unfair, whether it's graphic or hot takes or whatever. And and the NHL doesn't really have a a skip Bayless, but that tweet is probably the closest thing to it. Just ignore everything else and put the record in there. The Mackenzie Blackwood's last five games Said 943, 947, 906, and then he was bad against the Rangers in Pittsburgh, which you can you can imagine. Like that's how that's how it works. You know, it would have been a better mm-hmm. like I can already brainstorm like a thousand better graphics, but one would have been Mackenzie Blackwood's stats since the trade deadline or something like that. Like that would have been the a better way to spin that story unless they were trying to just destroy Taylor Hall. Which I don't understand why. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know why you have to make Taylor Hall look like a defensive liability. In the, in the, like, you're right that, you know, they could say, oh, you know, look at, just make it Mackenzie Blackwood and say, you know, since... December 16th, Mackenzie Blackwood's been on a tear. A lot of people are going to know what that implies. But just say in 2020, Mackenzie Blackwood's been great. All I mean, he's got a 915 save percentage in 43 starts, 47 games played. Nothing. That's not bad. That's probably miles ahead of Braden Holpe right now, if I had to guess. So, I, I don't know. I saw it. I didn't think much of it at first. And then I... Saw it like three or four more times. And I was like, are people upset about, oh, that's why. <laughs> I, I mean, I I you, just, mentioned, you mentioned a graphic about LeBron James with LeBron James, without LeBron James. It could have been as simple as the Coyotes 
where they were in the standings with Darcy Kemper, where they were without Darcy Kemper. Like that would have been a much oh my fuck yes, that would have been that would have been a much better story for what the the Coyotes are going through, rather than they got Taylor Hall and they plummeted. Like that's just not what happened. <sighs> yeah, even I mean, even put an asterisk in there and say like this is when they traded for Taylor Hall. Just so you know, like the the team should have gotten better, but this is how much they rely on Darcy Kemper. Yeah, like that's a much better narrative. Like, hey, the Coyotes were trying to get better. They made this trade, but some other unforeseen incident happened. It's just, it was- I I am not big on jumping down the media's throat, but I I just thought this was really, you know, I said it before, predatory. Yeah. Like, it just it seemed like something against Taylor Hall, but uh. Real quick before we end the show on some more fun stuff, what the hell is going on in Dallas? Oh man, there are, we thought about this for the game of the week the other day, and five game losing streak going into New York, lose again, and a six game losing streak now. It's just like, oh man, I, and we were just talking about the teams that were hot in the West. Dallas was not one of them, obviously, but they're just falling further and further out. It's, I like, I mean, they they kind of were for a while too. That's yeah. what's. That's what's weird. And the worst part about it is all of a sudden those three central teams, Nashville, Winnipeg, and Minnesota, Chicago's only eight points out, but those three teams are creeping and creeping and creeping closer to being on Dallas. I mean, they're only four points ahead of Nashville. Now, doesn't look great for our heroes. By the way, uh, to all the teams that currently have 69 games played. Nice. a lot of them, probably half the league right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, admittedly, I don't watch enough Stars game. I know how much talent's on that team. I know they should be better than this. Uh, it's kind of, it definitely sounds hypocritical. I can talk about the Leafs in one way and the Stars in, in one sense. But I mean, if you're going to have a slump in the season with, no, oh, because they start, you know, they fired their hook. I don't know. This team's, this team's in trouble. I'm not burying them by any sense because the goaltending's too good historically, and and they've got Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov. Yeah, they're not they're not playing like the superstars they should, but still good. Still gonna put up a fight. But you play Colorado, you're in deep shit if you're playing like this. Yeah, I guess the bright side is you can only lose six straight in the regular season. If you make the playoffs, you can't lose six straight. Four and you're out. So <laughs> that's true. Look at you in the positive. I literally tell people this: this podcast wouldn't work if I tried to be positive. <laughs> so I'm glad it's I'm glad it's you. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, retired NFL tight end. I don't care what sport you're a fan of. You know who Rob Gronkowski is. Signed a deal with the WWE as far as talent. I don't know what the deal ensues. Don't really care that much. But it got me thinking. What two NHLers would you like to see partake in I don't know, WrestleMania? Current NHLers, uh, Ryan Reeves. I'd love to see that. I think he'd be a nice character. Um, I think Drew Doughty would be good, too. Honestly, as much as I don't like Drew Doughty, I think he'd be great in WWE. That's good. Uh, I don't know if this is a like a boring answer, but a tag team... Chuck Brothers. 
Like, give me that against like the Hardy Brothers. Oh yeah, awesome. Or any any WWE tag team, I'll take that. I Do you remember uh, George Georges Larocque or La- I don't know how to say his first name? Larocque. I would I'd like to see. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't remember, but I know the name. I. Do you watch WWE ever? Does it ever like show up on your TV and you just you're not looking for it, but you don't change the no. channel? I I see I see stuff on Twitter clips and stuff like that. I have never I don't think I've ever come across it on TV. Really, not a big USA no, Network guy. No. See, I'm a big Law and Order SVU okay, guy. I watch it on Hulu. So, and so my my wife loves that show. So when I if I come home late from work and she's watching Law and Order, uh, right after that is. Is usually Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so she falls asleep and you're watching WWE. Sometimes she just doesn't want to get up and cha- and get the remote. <laughs> and Or we're like, I mean, you know, you get to a certain point in your uh, stone yep. evening that you're just like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. getting up. This Stir- is fine. <laughs> this is entertaining enough. And to be honest, huge John Cena fan. Okay. Love John Cena. I think yeah, I can't knock that. I like John Cena. I never watched him do his thing, but. Uh, did we miss anything before we get to the obviouslys? I don't think so. We can jump into the obviouslys. So we're both two and one, huh? Yeah, that's what that's what my stats say. I think Maria. Yeah, Maria just confirmed we're both two and one. Okay, so we're not going to do one set of three. We're both going to do two. That's yep. Good? So we're four and two all time. We got by my math, we got four coming up here. So yeah, that sounds good. Two apiece. Two apiece. Uh, why don't you take Vegas, Minnesota, and Florida? And All right, so obviously Vegas. These are tomorrow. These are tomorrow's games. As we record, we're going Friday night or Thursday, Thursday night. Big slate, 10 games. Uh, obviously, they, uh, Vegas is going to beat Minnesota. They're going to solidify themselves as a contender in the West. Going to beat them pretty handedly. We'll say 4-1. to one. Um, And obviously, Florida's going to beat Dallas. They're going to – I. Florida's chasing Toronto. They're going to be a little bit more desperate. Dallas is... Wow, it's tough to say that Dallas is going to lose seven straight, but I think they will. So, obviously, Florida wins. And I got two for you. So, these are also... Uh, I, I actually... I love that that Dallas take. That's why I gave it to you, because we just talked about that losing streak. But you think it's going to extend. I like it. What do you got for me? Uh, first one I'm going to give you is Pittsburgh and Columbus. Obviously, Pittsburgh's going to win that game. Just stay in the win column, get closer and closer to the playoffs. Uh, in playoff form, I'll take Pittsburgh, obviously. <laughs> and Philly, Tampa. I mean, what do you expect when you get <laughs> this matchup? <laughs> obviously, I'm going to pick the Bolts. I don't know if obviously they're going to win, but obviously I'm going to take them. I love this segment. <laughs> I'm so glad you you said that one day. You just invented. That's why I gave you those two games. I figured they were so obvious for you. <laughs> like you're you're a Crosby guy and you hate Philly, so I love it. Yeah, yeah. So those are the we got to keep track. I like the running, keeping track of the running total. Uh, if things start to spread out a little bit, we'll probably go back to picking three each. But I do like uh, keeping things uniform. Uh, you watching? What are you watching tonight? I know we didn't do a game to watch because tonight kind of sucks as far as the slate. Uh, and if you're listening to this, it's already past the day that we would have done this on Twitter. Uh, but I mean, does does anything stick out to you tonight that you want to turn on? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch Winnipeg Edmonton. Um, 
We put uh, Winnipeg was a game to watch on Monday, I believe. Uh, they won that one, so we almost put them back in it tonight. But um, that's a big game. I, Winnipeg is trying to stay in the wild card. Edmonton is trying to hold on to the top of the Pacific or stay towards the top of the Pacific. Um, also, as that one finishes up, it'll be towards the end of the Rangers Avalanche game. So I'll probably turn that one on too. I'll watch both those games. Yeah, I was going to say uh, I'm going to turn on Chicago and San Jose. It's on NBC. You know, this early in the season, we would have thought this would would have been a a better game. It is not. Speaking of obviously, but hopefully Chicago. I mean, Chicago wins this game. It's just one of those things where uh, they look like they could possibly make a run towards the playoffs. I know it's not going to happen, but NBC keeps pushing this narrative, and you know, you got to believe. <laughs> I mean, you, you just got to have some faith. We're not quite the Red Wings, so I'm going to hold on to it. Uh, and you're right. Uh, New York and Colorado is interesting to me. McCarr comes back tonight, but a lot of injuries still on that on that avalanche side. They got to stay healthy. And, they, you know, it depends on how committed they are to catching St. Louis. But you lose tonight, you're not too worried because Dallas is not catching you. Yeah, and on the flip side, if a battered Avalanche team can beat a hot Rangers team, I I'm I'm marking them down as a no doubter for the conference finals. If if Colorado wins tonight, just this isn't a for sure, but bring a shovel with you on on Saturday <laughs> when we record. We're bringing a just bring a shovel. I'm just saying, I, you know, I don't want to give anything away. But, uh, we might have actually already buried the Rangers. I think we did a while ago, but yeah, fuck it. All right. <laughs> did you know it's March? I did know it was March. Yeah, you have a calendar. Uh, everyone should know it's March, and no matter no matter where you're going to watch the game, because you can't watch it at the arena, it's still time to bet on March Madness. Head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code BELLYUP. That's B E L YUP. For a 50% deposit bonus, you can bet on buzzer beaters. You can still bet on hockey, but like I said before, it's time to bet on March Madness. You can bet on futures. You can bet on the conference tournaments that are coming up. A lot of good stuff. You got to try to get some enjoyment out of what is going to be a very awkward tournament. So head over to mybookie.ag. Enter promo code BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P. That spells belly up. Get a 50% deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag. Bet with the best. Win big with MyBookie. And we thank them so much for sponsoring us during this beautiful month of March. That is, we got some primetime hockey, man. We got a lot to look forward to. So we thank you so much for sticking with this dumb podcast. For Maria, for at It's Zach Mack, I'm at hosted by KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys again for listening. We will talk to you later this week. Hashtag free Taylor Hall. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod.